Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. I've got another fun special guest on this morning, uh, Brent Glossinger. He's a friend of mine who actually got connected with through John Farwell, the founder of Walk the Story, the guy we're going to Israel with. And Brent did some really cool things in a Christian school in Colorado that I wanted to share with all of you because really honestly, as he and I were talking on the phone about a week ago, I was like, yeah, this is totally stuff that I would love to see happen in the church. And I know that many of you would love to see happen as well because, well, you've expressed it to me. And so Brent was able to take a Christian school and really create this discipleship program where older people were mentoring younger and then those younger were mentoring them a little bit younger than them. And it just continued. Um, and it was a beautiful thing. And the, the, the school really took hold of it and really loved it. And, um, and Brent's now at another school where he's looking to implement that same type of discipleship process. Um, but so, you know, we're having a fun conversation today about uh, discipleship. And so, Brent, you know, uh, I kind of briefly shared a little bit about your program. Um, but can you kind of tell us, you know, how did you get to where you did, where you felt compelled to create a program such as that, where seniors were mentoring junior high students and um, teachers were mentoring some of your seniors and, you know, just kind of on down the line where people were living in these discipleship relationships within the school. Sure. Um, probably a, a lot like you were saying, Heather, I mean, with connections with John Farwell and then for me, it all started with uh, a trip to the Holy lands um, with Ray, Ray Vanderlaan. My wife and I were able to, to go and, um, we had no clue who he was or anything about it. We were just as a Bible teacher, I was like, man, how could you not want to go to Israel? Um, and so we were excited and going and we got there and, you know, it, it all kind of unfolded and um, was a, a, a long story short, it was a trip that just changed our lives. I mean, it, it just, it, it wrecked us in the, in the best way possible. Um, changed how my wife and I, Heather, her name's Heather also, um, how we relate, how we, wanted to raise our kids. Um, how I was teaching at that point and, uh, but just changed how I wanted to interact with kids and, mm-hmm. um, and, and how I taught and teach today. Um, and so I was in the process of, I was working on a, a master's in curriculum and instruction. And as God does, I mean, it was mm-hmm. perfect timing in the sense, cause I had to come up with a curriculum um, to do from, for my master's. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And then I, I went over on the trip and got home and I was like, okay, how do you, how do you take all the stuff that you learn mm. on a trip, like from RVL or from, um, you know, John's trip. And, you know, cause you just, so much is going on in your mind. It's like, how do you, how do you apply that or live that out? Cause we're in a Western culture and how do you take those Eastern, that mindset and what can we apply here? So that's what really started the journey. And then, um, at the the school I was at, I was, um, at a great school called front range Christian school, and they were very open to experimenting with it as I was working on the, the, 
program because I, I didn't know what it would exactly look like. And um, it took probably, gosh, three to five years to to get it kinked or to get all the kinks worked out. But um, yeah, it was, I guess, that initial trip and then coming back and wrestling with what does it look like um, that really got the got the juices flowing, so to speak. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was it about that trip or what was it within that experience that made your life change so much and made you want to, to bring this type of discipleship experience back to your place of employment? Sure. Um, Like, as you know, I mean, and if anybody else is that's listening has been on one of the trips um, and I, what they will experience going with you this summer, that Mm. that's phenomenal. Hopefully they will, they will take you up on that offer and go. Cause, it, um, but for me, it was, I, I remember sitting in Capernaum and the, that was the place where the lesson was being taught about, um, the, um, oh gosh, I just blanked on um, the, um, cultural context of the schooling and then the calling mm, of the disciples yeah, and just putting all that in. I was like, oh my gosh. And just what that meant that it just, yeah for whatever reason, it just clicked. And I was, mm. I was like, man, this is just discipleship. Isn't is so much more than what I thought it was. Yeah. It was I, 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 from what I grew up knowing and learning about was, you know, that it was more of like a, a program. And, and mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from that word just because a program seems to have like a, mm-hmm. an ending in mind that you go sure. through a program and then you, you complete it. And what struck me was, is just, is discipleship was a way of life embedded in the family. And then obviously with a rabbi and his town me, but yeah. uh, I was like, man, that, we're kind of, uh, we're missing the mark here. How do, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we bring that back? So for me, it was sitting there in Capernaum and hearing the story of mm-hmm. the cultural context and them and, you know, the schooling system and um, of what it would have meant for them to drop their nets and literally follow Christ. And how significant that was where, you know, I, I want to say that I was living that way and, and I felt like I was as, as much as I knew how to, but that just kind of opened the doors and like, whoa, yeah. there, this is a way of life. It's not um, an eight week program or a, a retreat or something like that. This is, these guys gave up everything to follow them. And am I willing to do that? That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so then how did you take that fire that passion that God put in you for a life of discipleship with not necessarily an ending point, not a program, but a way of life and then implement that into that school system. What did you do? Sure. Um, Well, I knew the easiest place to start was with um, the classes that I was teaching. And at that time I was the Bible department chair. So I, I had some easy access to, being able to, to create some things, but I, I knew it had to be something that administration really would buy into and, and caught the vision for, because if, mm-hmm. if not, it was just going to stay relative to, you know, junior and senior high, but it wasn't going to go much beyond that. Um, sure. And so a lot of it was casting a vision and, and, and getting the powers to be, so to speak on board to sure. see the significance. And that's not an easy task as you may know or uh, have run into yourself of, you know, you start talking sometimes about um, the trip or different teachings and people look at you like, yeah, 
not sure about that. You know, <laughs> have you bumped into that? Or have you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, people look at you sideways. It takes a while for, and still in my ministry that I have here at First Century, people don't quite get what I'm doing a lot of the times. Yeah, because it's it's not a part of the culture. It's not a part of how we understand Jesus. It's a cultural shift uh, to think differently than what we've known in the Western world for so long. But but please go ahead. Sure. And so I knew, you know, that again, the, the opportunities I had would be probably with junior high and senior high students, because that's who I dealt with. Um, the school front range is um, a K through 12 school. So it was a really fertile area um, because you've got, you know, kids all the way from kindergarten through 12th grade. And sure. it was a phenomenal place to be able to try it. So the the main focus initially was um, seeking out some key senior high leaders, juniors and seniors that really wanted to go deeper in their relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and then taking them and mentoring them and um, trying to disciple them in the process of what it meant to be discipled and getting them to buy in, which wasn't hard because if if you go along with the idea that the disciples were teenagers in that young yeah. age, I mean, you see that and, and you've probably seen it in your ministry too. They, mm-hmm. if once they get it, man, they, they light up and you know, mm-hmm. that that's why it makes sense. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying with that. And so um, starting off with a core group of them and then being able, we created a class um, that basically it met four days a week because in the, within the school system structure, but um, two days a week, we're talk, we talked about what discipleship was mm. and looked at different aspects of it and different teachings from, you know, the trip um, sure. uh, from Israel. And then, then the other two days we're talking about like, okay, how do you run a small group? How do you lead somebody mm. else? What are the do's and don'ts with that? And then they would create a lesson. Um, so I would take them through the lesson and have them hopefully experience it for themselves. And then I said, the next two days then would be, okay, now, how do you knowing your group, how do you take that lesson that you just experienced? And then what would work for your group? So then there'd be a day where, I would float around and just help them come up with their curriculum, if you will, or their lesson plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that way you give them an opportunity to experience it, but then also then turn around and create a experience for um, the students that were in their group. So it was yeah. a, sl- a select group of juniors and seniors that had, um, you know, there were at least two or three junior, senior, same gender um, leaders, and they would have a group of, between eight and 12 junior high, same gender girls or guys. And Mm -hmm. then they would then go and lead that. Um, And then they would also have an adult sponsor in that room, Um, but they were there just to, to observe and to help if needed. I mean, really try to to communicate that it was the the senior high students that were responsible for leading it. So, you know, it was another thing that the, the adults had to do, but just make sure that, you know, kids weren't doing anything inappropriate or um you know if they needed help they could step in with any discipline or anything like that but so it started there with that um and that's great as as you're talking um and i'm sorry i interrupted you but i you know what i what i'm seeing in this conversation so far and what i think is key as people are listening is that it starts with relationships and it then it goes with the the sharing of something about God to now employ you to share that with others in light of relationship with them in a small group of people 
who then can go and then replicate that and duplicate that elsewhere, right? It was this continual process of, right. okay, I'm teaching you this. Now you go and teach it to others. I mean, isn't that the rabbi discipleship relationship, right? <laughs> so, yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not like rocket science. It's just, okay, mm-hmm. how do we take that and apply it to our culture? Um, Cause it seems to make sense to us and probably your listeners. Um, but then how do we capture that and do that? Because that, that is it. It's relationship and it's taking where I've walked before and what I understand about Christ and what God has taught me. And then how can I come alongside you and walk you um, through your journey where you are on the path? Yeah. And then hopefully then they're turning around doing that to others too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the other thing we I was trying to expand it over the years to where it was encompassing to where it was the fiber of the school where it was interwoven. So then it wasn't just hmm. like students taking that class. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there would be 20 to 25 junior, senior high students. Well, I, I can't disciple all of them. I mean, not and do it well. I mean, that, that's too big of a group. Yeah. And so all the senior high students, including these that were in this discipleship class, they were all part of, a, we called them D groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were led by our faculty and staff. And that was the other layer, which, you know, you and I talked about before was okay, which I thought was a key thing and, and, and a key thing. And we'll talk later about how it applies. To, I think church setting too, but mm-hmm. um, for, to get the leaders to be able to teach from their, their passions of who they are, how God has wired them yeah. is key um, mm-hmm. because there'd be so many that would faculty and staff that would come up and say, well, like, I'm not a youth pastor. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do a group like this. I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with this. And like, I don't, I don't play a lot of games. I don't do, you know, some of those things that we would definitely, that just come natural to some people. And I'm like, well, what are you passionate about? What, how do you, how do you love God? And as you push a little bit on that, then different avenues would come out. And so we, we would have a time at the beginning of the school year before when the freshmen were being placed into D groups, um, we'd have the leaders talk about how they were passionate for Christ. And mm. um, I think I shared this with you, you know, the, like a specific one was that was this one lady was really guarded. She says, I just want to have a group um, that uh, of, of girls that want to speak Spanish. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a doozy. Um, and I'm like, okay. I mean, cause she, she came alive with Spanish and yeah. I'm like, and so she said that up front, you know, to the, to the student body and just said, I'm looking for a group of girls that are passionate about Christ. And that we can learn that through language and particularly the Spanish language. And she had, I think four or five girls that signed up mm-hmm. and um, they all, um, they all met and that was the core of how they wanted to, to know Christ better. So mm. to me, that ties back into that element on the trip where each of, you know, the rabbis had a different way sure. of following or, you know, following God and, and different students would be attracted to different types of, of rabbis. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm thinking like, well, that's what we need to do with discipleship here too, is we've got, men and women that love the outdoors and experience God in the outdoors. Well, why not teach from that platform if that's where they're passionate about God or if they're passionate about God um, studying his word 
and get the kids that are passionate about that with with those leaders and sure. and let them teach and guide and lead from that and yeah that really stood out to me over in Israel and I'm like we could do that here now that takes a lot more administrative effort mm-hmm. yeah and planning to do that but like to me that was foundational sure because because that's the relational connection that that's already established mm-hmm. that creates a bit of trust amongst the group because it's like oh well, I like working on cars too or I like yep. baking or I enjoy speaking the Spanish language or whatever the case may be to where it establishes um, a bit of uh, already relational trust. So now we can move forward with just building upon this relationship that we all share together because of the thing that we like to do, because some, you're right, some leaders, because I deal with this, I've dealt with volunteers over the years who are like, hey, I'm not you, I'm not the youth pastor, I'm not right. the paid person on staff. It's like, I'm not looking for another me, I'm just looking for somebody who makes himself available and willing to love a teenager. That's it. And Mm -hmm. all of us have the capacity to do that. And that might look differently. We might not be the big game person. We might not be whoever we think we should be, but we are somebody who can care and love for a teenager. I love it. But Brett, this has been a super fun conversation. And uh, next week, we're going to pick up on some practical conversation about how you can take this and look for ways to start implementing similar principles, similar ways of doing ministry to young people into your ministry. So friends, thanks again. And also too, hey, Brent told us, go to Israel. So if you want to go, <laughs> contact me. We've got some spaces left for the trip in August of 2023. So um, thanks for joining us for the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.